Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. All right, everybody, we got a great show for you today. It's gotta be a little confusing because uh, I, your host, am named Nate. And the guest today is also named Nate. We got Nate Jones. He's the co-founder, CEO of a company called Structurally. And we're going to get into the nitty gritty of artificial intelligence. Now, no doubt you've heard of other companies that are talking about they're doing AI and they're probably doing blockchain and they're probably doing crypto and VR and AR and everything else. But we get into like, hey, what is AI? And are you really using AI in your business? And I asked Nate that, straight, you know, point blank. Hey, are you guys actually using AI? I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Um, the short of it is they're augmenting the time. They are, cre- they are creating leverage for ISAs at brokerages, okay, so that they can have leads being cultivated and getting qualified. So, at the time when they need the personal touch of an ISA to move them along, then those leads are getting they're getting that help. They're getting that cultivation all the way up to that. But sometimes that's 10 months of back and forth discussions, text messages and all that. And their AI handles all that. Pretty fascinating stuff. I'm excited to hear about this technology. They're already being used by other CRMs. They're integrated with other CRMs. And this is not like, we're not talking 10 years down the line. All right. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop it right there. Let's get into the show. Kick back, relax. You're going to love it. Well, hey, Nate, welcome to the show. Hey, other Nate, uh, how's it going? I appreciate you you having me on, and I'm sure we'll have a, a running joke about both being Nate uh, for the entire episode. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking about that right away when I did the intro. I was like, man, uh, people are probably going to think like, what is going on here? Is this a monologue <laughs> or a weird thing that Nate's trying out on the show? But well, yeah, no, I appreciate your time uh, and uh, jumping on the call with me here. So, you know, we'll, we're going to get things started in the most traditional way that we like to do things around here. Uh, please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Nate Jones, spelled J-O-E-N-S, uh, the funny way. So I am the, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Structurally, where we help uh, real estate teams uh, engage, nurture, and qualify their leads through text messaging. Uh, we do that using artificial intelligence. Uh, so we've been, we've been around for uh, a couple of years now. Uh, really starting to get our footing in the the real estate market, looking to move uh, kind of you know up market, uh, really getting uh, integrated with other companies like CRMs, lead generation providers, and uh, uh, you know we'll uh, we'll cover what uh, the term actual AI means today in uh, this episode, which I'm excited about. Yeah, because you're hailing from the artificial intelligence center, like the central point, like the mecca of all AI. In mm-hmm. Iowa, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, you'd you'd be surprised how much AI it's it's everywhere. You know, my I like to say my office is surrounded by corn, so it just gives us uh, you know more focus on what we can do in the the world of uh, of code. So, uh, I I personally love the Midwest. You know, uh, really exciting to to now have you in the Midwest or the, the edge of the Midwest, Midwest uh, <laughs> out in Chicago. So. I, uh, I absolutely love it here in Iowa. There's a lot of great talent and uh, I think we're building some exciting stuff. Yeah, you know what? And then even, even I was trying to throw you guys a little bit of a bone. I was gonna, uh, my wife collects these Starbucks <laughs> mugs and we go, you know, we've driven through Iowa many times and I That's will- awesome. 
thing. It's one of the most boring drives. But I do not have an Iowa mug, so you're getting Indiana. Oh, um, I thought it was Iowa State. Those look no, like the, the red it, and gold. Yeah, you see, there's some corn on there and stuff. I almost picked Kansas for you, but I didn't uh, want to no. do that to you. That was rude. Yep, so, all right, rude. let's get into it. First question I want to hit you with. First is, who is Asa Holmes? Yeah, so she's actually uh, my, my girlfriend. No, I'm just kidding. So she's, uh, she's our, she's our product, which is, uh, more or less my girlfriend when, uh, uh, when running a company, that's what it feels like. Uh, but Asa Holmes is, uh, our artificial intelligence inside sales agent. It's kind of a play on that acronym, A-I-I-S-A, Asa, uh, Asa Holmes. See, now you, now you got it. Um, and I we like had to it. give it a last name. Holmes was kind of funny because uh, we actually see a lot of our leads communicating with it saying, hey, what's your last name? So we, we needed to think of something on the fly to, to, to give uh, a, a correct answer. And Holmes was a little too close. You went with Holmes. Yep. yep. I like it. Exactly. So for, just for kind the, of a fun play. For the people who are out there who aren't the smile and dialers uh, or have been out of the brokerage game, maybe they're on the, the other end of the prop tech industry. What is ISA? Yeah, it stands for inside sales agent. So basically, it's the person responsible for uh, nurturing all of your uh, online or you know potentially offline leads uh, as well. So the AI ISA is the artificial intelligence inside sales agent. Uh, that's really where we've positioned the product. Is not necessarily uh, it's not necessarily there to replace an ISA on your team, but to augment them. And that's something that I. Uh, I'm really passionate about and excited to talk to you about today is where where I think we fit in kind of the future of automation and the future of jobs. Um, and it's really not to replace an agent. It's to make their life better. Yeah, I, I love that. And so if you had to boil it down, what's the, you know, there's a lot of funness in the tech and, and doing things in, in, in cool new ways, but what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Yeah. So if you really think about it, uh, and this is something that I think you talked with uh, Dave Anderson about in one of your prior episodes yeah. from Lion Desk, and he, he said it in uh, you know, fewer words, um, most agents and teams don't have a lead problem. They have a lead follow-up problem. Yo, they, they have, yeah, they have so many leads coming in from their, their portal, their website, uh, everywhere that they're just drowning in it. And Unless you have an ISA or really, really tight systems, following up with your leads is always last on the list, which yep. it can't be. So what the, the problem that we're solving um, you know, is really making, that, making sure that none of the leads fall through the crack. I like to kind of reference our product as you're buying lead insurance. So if you buy, if you mm. buy leads at, uh, at quantity, which a lot of our teams do and a lot of people are starting to do um, to, to you know, run your business on, you want to make sure that they're not slipping through the crack. And that's one of the most painful things, especially as a team leader or a broker, you buy leads for your agents. Agents are out showing properties, writing contracts, negotiating. The last thing they have to do is sit there on their phone and text a lead for however long and follow up with them for eight to 12 months, which all of these leads require that amount of attention. Yeah. Especially if they're buyer leads, because you know, you're, you're shopping for a home it's a big purchase. You got to line up financing. You got to wait till your rent lease runs out and all that kind of stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't just let that buyer go. And there's times where you need to cultivate that buyer to improve their credit. So that's not eight months. That's a year. That's yep. 16, 18 months. 
But as you know, I mean, and you're obviously uh, coming from the side of, you know, it's all about keeping a healthy pipeline. You got to lead gen daily and over time that builds into a solid business machine. Yeah. Yeah. And it can kind of be broken up into, you know, the nurture and the non-nurtures. And we, you know, what's, what's different uh, about our product than a lot of the CRMs out there is, you know, you, all all the CRMs out there have texting capabilities. You can set up long-term nurture for texting, but as soon as a lead responds, you know, says, no, thanks, wrong number. Or what's more common is screw you, leave me alone uh, with a few (laughs) cuss words in there. Um, you still, or your ISA has to still like go in, opt to lead out or respond or kind of sift through those leads. Right. But, you know, the, the, one of the, uh, the added benefits of our product is we take that conversation, that qualifying conversation off your plate. So it's a two way conversation, not just an outbound drip campaign. And it's automated. Yep. See, that's where I was looking through the website. I was like, you know, looking through on the website, you have this example of someone looking for a two bedroom property and, you know, Asa comes in and greets Philip, you know, tell him that, you know, she's happy to help, but Philip is only just looking. Mm-hmm. And Asa responds in the way that, you know, the way it's written, it looks like that would be coming from an actual agent. You know, I'm mm-hmm. here for, if you need anything, happy to help out. You know, it's, when are you targeting for your ideal time frame to move by? And this, I think was kind of, is this really, it would work like this? Because Philip's response is, end of the year, we're expecting a new baby. It says, congrats on the new child. Can AI actually recognize that and say, hey, congrats on the, on, on the new baby? Yeah, absolutely. And I think Dave mentioned it in his, his, uh, his podcast too. So a little back up there. Um, he, he mentions lead assist in his podcast. So if yeah. anyone listening hasn't listened to uh, Nate's, uh, I don't know right, what number like episode. It's not all like, Trying uh, to figure it out. <laughs> I listened to it this morning. It was like five episodes or, or more ago. So yeah. they, they, uh, Lion Desk has a product called Lead Assist. Uh, we help power Lead Assist through you know our AI right there within the Lion Desk CRM. So Dave mentioned, I think someone going through a divorce, I think we were responding to a lead who said, I'm looking for my sister who's going through divorce. There's a lot happening in a message like that. First of all, them, wow. that lead themselves is not looking for the property, they're looking for a third party being their sister. And yeah. that third party, their sister is going through a divorce. So I looked at that conversation and we actually said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, what's their time frame to move? So doing things like changing the pronoun from your to their and mentioning yeah. things like, I'm sorry to hear that. That's the things that we've built into our AI that make it feel indistinguishable from human. And that's something that we had to set out to want to do when we first built the product. You know, there's a lot of chatbot builders out there that are not very good. Um, the biggest problem <laughs> is you can tell it's a bot and that's kind of on purpose because it's easier. It's easier to build from a, from a product perspective, from a company perspective. Um, I don't think it's a benefit to the consumer at all. There's, yep. there's no, especially for a high value a transaction like buying a house, you don't want to talk to a bot. It doesn't, that's not worth it to you. Why would you not want to talk to a human? Right, so let's so. address the elephant in the room right now because we're, we're headed down this trail. I can, I can feel it. We just got to address it. Uh, first questions, and I, I'm not trying to be rude about this, uh, but I, we got to hit it straight on. 
is structurally really using AI and, and, and what makes it AI versus what you're talking about with chatbots? Because I hear this talked about and I see it in taglines all the time. AI, machine learning, blockchain, crypto, <laughs> AR, VR. You know, as long as you put that on a product right now, you're tech. And yep. all I know, it's an offshore assistance team that's literally doing all the work. And I'm not going to call it out, but I know, I mean, well, no, I mean, <clears throat> there, there are multiple digital staging companies. They're not digital staging companies. There's nothing really digital about it. It's design agencies. Yep. They're just, someone is literally dropping a couch into the picture. There's nothing, nothing about that is smart. So walk me through here. What makes what Structurally is doing AI versus what chatbots are and why are they not AI? Yeah, um, I think the, the best definition of AI that I've heard is um, basically when something is AI, it's doing something that usually requires a human to do or a computer doing something that, it, that usually requires a human to do or human level of intelligence. Yeah. Obviously, you, know, you, could, you could argue that a chatbot is doing that, but a chatbot doesn't necessarily understand the answers that you're providing. It might do some really dumb stuff like, if it asks, hey, what's your email? And you don't type a valid email, it might say, that's not valid. You know, that's not really AI. That's just... Or it might really, respond with thanks. Yeah, or it, or it could just be really bad and say thanks. So that isn't necessarily a, a human level of intelligence. A human level of intelligence is looking at a conversation and saying, hmm, that person is talking about buying a house for their sister. Their sister is going through divorce. So that kind of indistinguishable from human stuff is really what sets us apart and makes us AI. And I don't, you know, I like to call us AI. I like to stay away from the word chatbot because I think it's way too hyped up. I think thankfully we're kind of through the hype curve and a lot of those, <laughs> those chatbot companies that were chatbots have faded out and fizzled out and we're kind of on the, the, the true and steady, the, the real AI players are, are here to stay. Um, yeah. But I think what really sets us apart is those things like looking through, uh, you know, we, we respond to veterans. We respond to, uh, if someone says, you know, we, we ask a question like, you know, uh, are you pre-approved for a loan or looking to pay cash? And if the person says, I'm not, I'm not approved for a loan yet, I'm going to be using my VA. We respond, oh, great. Thank you for your service. I'd be happy to put you in touch with my lender. What's your time frame to move? That's so actually right there. That is impressive. Yeah. So paying off the answers that they give us, the leads give us, goes so much further in the conversation to make them feel heard. Yeah, and see, this is all, this is so important because what you're talking about is so many times we, 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 I, I hear and I, and I read about new tech coming into real estate and I'm trying to figure out like what are the, you know, and I asked you at the top of the show, what's the problem you're trying to solve? And that's usually like, like secondhand, like that's the later thought, right? We discover this tech, let's apply it to real estate because there's a ton of money there. And if we just capture 1%, then we'll all be rich. Yep. Is oftentimes like if you just follow the trail, that's the way it goes. But what you're talking about is it's, it's literally like you, you could 10X the productivity of an ISA, which means every time that they are on the phone with someone or the a, a, a consumer is at the stage of looking to purchase or they need help through the transaction that requires the human hand. They're able to apply that attention because they're not drowning in all the other things that they're trying to keep up with. And this is, this plagues, you know, service-based businesses all the time. 
They just yeah. can't keep up with the service. And so then they either have to give up volume, you know, which then is, is vol, you know, gross sales, you know, or, or they allow themselves to deliver lower service to maintain those gross sales. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a dilemma that businesses really shouldn't be making anymore. We don't have excuses yeah. for that anymore. So, uh, are you looking for, uh, for a job from avail? Cause that was our sales pitch, like right on the money. <laughs> that was, uh, that was perfect. Uh, and I know, I know you're very happy at avail now and congrats on that. I know avail Appreciate is a great that. company. So yeah. uh, I'm excited for you to be there, but that was, that was spot on. That's, that's what we talked to our ISA teams about. And what I mentioned earlier on in the conversation was, a lot of people might think we're trying to replace ISAs. Uh, we're not at right. all. We're trying yeah. to augment their role. We're trying to make their lives better because they get, you know, the reason they're hired on is because their team leader says, I'm going to buy a bunch of PPC leads and just send them to my ISA. Well, right. that person's life is about to be miserable for quite a while. That's and I have so much respect for ISAs because they get to deal with crap. Oh, a ton yeah. of it. They get, they get, thousands of no's a day and a lot harsher than no, they get a lot of cuss words and just <laughs> screw use all the time. And agents, agents are out there showing houses, you know, doing the kind of more fun stuff um, after their ISAs have set them up for success. So that's why I have so yeah. much respect for ISAs after I, going through this. I will admit though, I would much rather be in the bullpen, making cold calls and showing houses. I'm a terrible showing agent. <laughs> terrible. That's, you know, some people are, are better on the phones than others, I guess. But yeah. I think there's such high turnover in, well, there's high turnover in real estate generally, but there's a lot of turnover in the ISA role because it's so difficult. You it's have to be difficult. a yeah. special kind of insane to want to do that. Uh, <laughs> But yeah. I think that's something that our product is there to help solve is to hopefully reduce that burnout, let them focus on more important things, more fun things. And yep. I actually saw a tweet the other, the other week from some VC. I don't really even know how I followed them, but they asked the question of, will automation permanently destroy jobs? Is humanity <laughs> incapable of, of relearning and, and learning how to do more creative work or will new tools liberate individuals from a lifetime of drudgery? And I thought, wow, that is a really intense question. But he argues, I mean, he's a tech VC. So he says, oh, technology will always liberate us from a lifetime of drudgery. And I completely agree with that. Because think about all of just the most basic software you use today, email. What, what type of life did we have before email? I don't even know, because I wasn't born then. Uh, but I couldn't imagine what we did before that. And it's the same with, with tech like AI. Um, it, it should be there to liberate individuals to do more creative work, not the, the drudgery stuff of getting cussed at all day, every day. I love it. I love it. Let, let me ask you this. So, I mean, obviously there's some, you, you talked about some of the challenges uh, in, in creating the actual AI to be able to function for agents and brokers. And I could see that being a significant hurdle when you're, you're making your sales pitch. Hey, we've got this technology that is going to be able to, you know, uh, help, help you talk to your, your leads and, and don't worry, trust us. We're going to hand you conversations, you know, but aside from that, like, how do you, how do you show that this is going to be a big needle mover 
for those teams? Where do they mm-hmm. see the immediate impact? If you're saying, hey, it's going to take you eight months to cultivate them anyway, let us do that for you. Yeah, I mean, it's basically kind of like what I said earlier. It's, it's, it's thought of as lead insurance. It's basically you're buying all these leads and to date, you're kind of wasting right. them. You're not kind of wasting them. I know you're not responding to them and you know it too. So um, it's, it's really just, you know, I think you were talking to Dave about, you know, the, the worst sales pitch in the world for real estate tech entrepreneurs is, oh, you just will sell one more house. That's not necessarily <laughs> the case right? That's, we don't, we don't help you sell more houses. That's still, we still I, rely on your dollar Every time I heard that I'd be able to buy one more house. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, our, our software, our product is not very expensive by the, if you compare it to hiring a true ISA, it's like yeah. 10% of the cost or, or less. So it's, it's super cheap. And I truthfully didn't actually, I, I didn't look at the price. What's it cost? Uh, it starts at 179 a month. So okay, and that's for one seat. So an individual agent, one seat, one eighty leads. Okay, yeah, fifty leads. Fi- up to fifty leads that we respond to over twelve months. Uh, qualify them. So, yeah, starts at one seventy nine a month. And I mean, what is a typical ISA? If you know, commission based uh, OTE could go for five grand a month or so potentially. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and then you, you do have other models. Like it, it can work for. It, from what I'm gathering here, it looks like you have the ability to be able to grow this and scale it to meet uh, the team model. So we were mm-hmm. talking about Ben Kinney earlier, you know, prior to the show, like it would fit with his team uh, and then franchise. You could actually then take this and, and roll it out across a, like a, if a brokerage had multiple locations or a national brokerage, they could roll this out across their brokerage. Yeah. So we, we, we've kind of found our, our niche with, uh, with teams because they, they really focus on the online leads, the digital leads. <laughs> We, uh, we have a lot of integrations with their CRMs and their lead providers, which is kind of a key requirement of, right. uh, of working with those teams and same with brokerages. But you know the, what's not listed or is kind of alluded to with the franchise um, is what I mentioned earlier with our partnership with like LionDesk. That's, that's mm-hmm. a really interesting place for us that we've found um, no one else can really compete with. Uh, you know, our product is run on AI. We don't have a, we don't have a human team uh, offshore responding to all of our conversations somewhere. Although we do have a human team that monitors conversations that go south and can jump in at mm-hmm. any time to take them over and do all sorts of data trading, um, you know, periodically. Um, we can scale up to hundreds of thousands of leads without go- needing to go hire 20 more, you know, call center reps. So That's what we found, Yeah. And it's, it's something we've proved time and time again is, wow. you know, our partnership with LionDesk, they send us quite a few leads. We have another partnership with a lead generation provider that sends us a lot of leads. Those are, if you really think about the lead generation players and the CRM players, they have the, they have the lead problem or the lead follow-up problem at scale. They sell leads to agents and their agents come back and say, your leads suck. When in reality, the leads don't suck the agent's follow-up sucks. So the lead provider, the CRM, gets, gets all the heat for having bad leads. And they have to argue, well, no, it's not our fault and can't really do anything about it. So we found a really good sweet spot helping them kind of solve that need of delivering more high-quality high leads or at least making sure that the leads they're delivering are getting followed up like they should. Yeah. That's awesome, man. 
I'll, yeah, I it's, it's been great for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, there's definitely different needs when you're going individual to team and, and to brokerage. I do want to ask you, I mean, this is more of an industry question. Curious your thoughts on this. There's, there's been a lot of talk a lot lately about do brokerages matter, right? Do brokerages mm-hmm. even matter? Does the consumer care about that? And obviously the proliferation of teams has really even challenged what is the brokerage delivering today in, in your, your mind. Let me, and, and I'm not going to get into the does brokerage matter debate, but I want to I ask you, why do you think teams right now have just proven to become so valuable and, and popular amongst mm-hmm. agents? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with, with the tech that they're providing their agents. A lot of it is, you know, provided at a significant discount to their agents, tech like ours, the team leader pays for, so they can add 20 agents for free, quote free, right? Yep. Uh, so a lot of that, you know, brokerages do that too, but a lot of it comes with desk fees and it's kind of hidden in there. Um, but I think a lot of it um, comes from just cultural, I don't know, openness, if that's mm-hmm. the right term. I think brokerages have kind of operated behind a closed door for a long time and teams have opened that door and said, come and look what we do. You can be a part of this, join us and you get all this cool stuff for free as well. So I think that's something that they're doing really well. One example is uh, uh, there's a team out in Seattle that we uh, were really close with and something that I think that they do a great job of is, I think they call it like open office Tuesdays or something where they say every, every agent in the Seattle area just come to our office and see what we do, even if you're not a part of our brokerage or team, right? So that's a, a lot of people would be like, you're going to tell your competitors your secrets like that. And they're like, yeah, why not? And yeah, I mean, it's been really successful. What are you, you going to do when your secrets are like, what will likely attract other good agents? You think they're exactly. going to not want to be part of what you're doing? Yeah, they're not going to exactly. stay at bay for too long. They're going to be like, hey, is it, is it cool if I like just hung out Monday through Friday? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's something that uh, just kind of speaks to that kind of cultural aspect that teams bring to the table. So one thing that's unique about startups often is we make up metrics. We totally make up metrics. And I'm curious, what sort of unique metric have you guys made up or used to measure, you know, the success and productivity of, of, of structurally? That's a really tough question, but a good one. It makes me think. Uh, I think the one that, so we have a really unique data set of all the conversations we see because we've been hand labeling every message for two years. Okay, and so I knew that. First off, I want to say this. I knew that because I looked at your jobs page and you're hiring people for doing that. So yeah, uh, structurally is <laughs> hiring people. If you know someone <laughs> and they're, they're looking remote. But yeah. I looked at that and I read through that job description and that blew me away. So I, I, I just wanted to point that out. I, I need to hear more about that because I was going to ask about that a little bit here, but <laughs> keep going, keep going. But yeah, so that, that gives us a really unique uh, perspective. You know, not all of our messages are hand-labeled. A lot of them are, are predicted by, by our model, by our, our, our AI um, and that gives us a really interesting insight into why people are buying uh, and how. So one example, like we can slice, our, slice and dice our data to say how many people are moving because they're going through a divorce. 
I don't know if anyone else can really do that other than if you do some like social stuff, you could probably scrape Facebook and other things and maybe get there. But we can also do things like how many people are going through a divorce and are a veteran and also, you know, how many people are veterans and investors. I mean, we can slice and dice our data set of leads in a really unique way. I think we, we made up our own product metric that we call agent ready leads or basically qualified leads. Okay. Uh, which is really interesting for us. These are leads who say something really uh, needy, I guess. Yep. <laughs> something like, I need a call right away. I want to go see this property. Or they make it through a full qualifying conversation. They're approved for a loan, want to move in X amount of time and not working yep. with an agent. These are yep. agent-ready leads. So we track that and put it front and center in our product uh, so that, again, ISAs or agents can just say, hmm, which leads haven't I responded to yet that are agent-ready? So what we found is about 11 to 12% of the leads we respond to become agent ready. Wow. So, so, so the, the team has some marketing, whether they're, they're, they're doing their own lead gen online or they've got a service doing that lead gen, pumps it into a CRM. You guys tie in with the CRM, cultivate the lead. At that point, it is a marketing qualified lead. And then you yeah. uh, it, you get that lead to the point where it's a truly a sales qualified lead, and turn your ISAs into uh, from account execs to truly closers. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it in kind of the traditional SaaS terms. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. real estate agents. Some good ones might really think about their funnel that way, but that really is the funnel that we're helping them move those leads through. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, I, I love it. I mean, it, it shows that you guys, obviously there's a ton to think through there and a lot of nuance and even in real estate, I tell this people all the time, especially when people talk about going in the, they're going to do real estate advertising. I just tell them to stop to quit. I yeah. might mention this literally like every other show, but I won't stop talking about it because it's important. <laughs> there's so many nuances and false triggers as to what someone is trying to accomplish in and around both the rental and purchase of real estate. And it's hard to uncover. This is why agents, this is why the, the, the phrase, I'll just say the phrase instead of agents saying it, because I think it exists in, in auto sales too, is that buyers are liars. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily that buyers are lying all the time, <laughs> sometimes maybe, but like there's just a lot of false triggers and you know, you don't know. Yeah. They just don't tell you the whole truth. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, look, let me, let me just be real. So we're shopping right now. I've been shopping pretty hard, multiple different markets. I have multiple different realtors helping me because I'm not shopping in Chicago. And, you know, I, I, I have maybe haven't told all of them that I'm shopping other markets, but that's okay. That's all right. At the same time, I'm going to hold my cards close to my hands, right? Because that's, I got to win too. So, all right, let's keep moving here. Uh, I won't keep going down diatribes. Uh, one thing I wanted to know is, you know, so it's been a few years, you guys have been up and running. Uh, what would you say has been helping your growth? You know, so you got this great partnership with LionDesk and you're working with other teams across the country. What's been the, what's been the key driver to your growth? Because I, I can't help but imagine, even after a very convincing sales pitch, that this is a tough one for people in real estate to make the jump towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you know all your listeners 
um, you know, that actually sell technology to real estate agents or in the real estate industry know um, that it's a very influencer driven industry. People follow Ben Kinney religiously. People follow their coach, whoever it might be, Tom religiously. Ferry. Tom Ferry. It's uh, it's like a religion, you know, to them. They they will do whatever they say, no questions asked. And right, right. that's something we kind of started to catch on to. Um, and so we try to build these relationships with influencers, right? Just simple influencer marketing. Um, and you know, obviously, going going the route of of the Ben Kinneys and Tom Ferries is kind of a you know the the top of that mountain, the the yep. highest level that you can be playing that game at. Yep. Uh, we started to kind of infiltrate these smaller masterminds and coaching groups that uh, have been really successful for our direct sales team growth. Uh, one example yep. is is actually who we who we host our our podcast which which with uh, which is theisaradio.com. Um, my co-host is is a guy, great guy named Robbie Trefethren. Uh, he is the ISA coach at Hatch Coaching um, out of Fargo, North Dakota. So another fellow Midwesterner. Boom. Can't beat it. The best can't tech beat it. coming out the Midwest. North Dakota, <laughs> people. North Dakota. So they, uh, they coach some of the top teams in, in the country. And we've been lucky to, uh, to be able to work with them on our podcast uh, they're having a uh, a summit. They have an annual summit out in Fargo. They get people I, from I across the country want to go to this. It's just you should. Yeah. You, yeah. I, they had someone fly in from Hawaii last year to Fargo. <laughs> and the funniest part about that was this guy made the decision to fly in the day before the event. He why just not? said, "I'm going to Fargo from Hawaii of all places." So yeah, why not? It's been really cool. There you yeah, go. I didn't even know that flight was available. I don't know how he got here. Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> he probably had to rent a car or, you know, depending on what time of year, a snowplow, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. that's been really great for our, our team. No one growth. has mentioned influencer market. You're the first person I think. Uh, and by the way, this is episode 57. That is, this is the first mention of someone talking about influencer marketing. And I'm really happy to hear that. Um, because it, number one, uh, it makes me feel like I'm not doing things in a crazy manner because I may or may not be going down similar paths. I'm not going to talk about it though. And um, I think that's cool. I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's smart. It's aligning mm -hmm. with the people who are the movers and shakers. They got the most, you know, traction. They got the most experience under their belt and they've got influence. Yep. It's yeah. really hard to sell to, to agents one by one. And yeah. it's even harder to sell AI to agents True. who are extremely skeptical of, of what AI is without that influencer push. Now, so obviously I'm assuming somewhere along the way, you've done something wrong along, you know, in this mm -hmm. journey for the last few years, you've been building this company. Is there an experiment or something you guys started doing that ended up not working out? And if you can share, what was that? What was the lesson you took away from it? I would say from a, it was from a product perspective. Um, that we, uh, we experimented, I mean, we, pro we experiment with product quite a bit, but this was really early on. We decided we wanted to use MLS data. So multiple listing service data, IDX data. We wanted to plug into real property data with our product. So if a lead says something like, you know, how many beds does 123 Main Street have? We could say two or help them find a house through, you know, if they say I'm looking for a two bed, two bath, 
under 200K in Des Moines, Iowa, we could maybe send them a link to some properties. And that sounds great. Uh, but what we found was, why would someone go to us for this experience and not Zillow? Zillow has mastered that problem and owns it. And it's going to be hard to dethrone them for anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, from a consumer perspective, that would have positioned our company much more as a consumer play. And that was not interesting to us at all. Um, you know, it might have been in the beginning, but, you know, as we kept going down this path, it became harder and harder. Dealing with MLS data is really tough. Getting those approvals is really tough. And, you know, positioning our product in that way is really tough. Not to mention, what we learned is, from a product perspective, leads don't really care. When they fill out a form on your agent's website or Zillow or Realtor.com, you know, and they say, how many beds does this property have? And they're looking for a property with two beds and this house only has one. And you say, 123 Main Street has one bed. A lot of times they'll say, thanks, see ya. And then they ghost you forever because it's not the right property. And it became more and more kind of detrimental to the conversation for us. So what we found was just do away with the data, respond more passively and let the agent jump in uh, and, you know, when, when needed. And they can say this property has two beds or whatever. So we say something like, I'll double check how many beds that property has and let my team leader follow up with you shortly, so on and so forth. So we kind of keep them on the hook longer. Uh, so from a product perspective, that's kind of a, a failed experiment that we tried early on. I think it says a lot about you guys and your growth because that shows a lot of wisdom in how sales works. You know, uh, knowing everything about everything in sales actually doesn't make you more convincing. It Mm -hmm. oftentimes makes you more intimidating. It's, it it feels like, you know, as a consumer, you can't get something, you you don't, you're like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. And, you know, or it can be intimidating even. And I think what you guys are doing is the right thing. You're opening people up to be able to say what they're looking for, to expand on that, you know, Mm -hmm. that helps them search and reevaluate as they're, trying to figure out what it is and not feel like you're talking at them, but listening to them. I think that's yeah. a, that's a pretty big deal. And that's something that the, the hatch coaching, I mentioned Robbie, um, that we, that we talk about on our podcast a lot, that's something they coach. So they are not only ISA coaches, but they run a brokerage themselves with an ISA team. They're all licensed ISAs, which means they are licensed to talk about a property yep. and they teach not to talk about the property. They say, if a lead says, how many beds do you have? Uh, does this property have? Ask why, you know, how many beds are you looking for and why you don't need to tell them. It's really about sure, sitting yeah. there listening and understanding why they're looking for a certain amount of beds. Right. Cause if they're looking for, well, cause I have one bedroom for me and I need an office, then two bedrooms isn't truly what they're after for. They're looking for yeah. space for an office. Mm-hmm. You know, what a bummer if they miss out on one of those cool things where people build an office in the shed in the backyard these days. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, so uh, yeah, really understanding the why between, uh, you know, why people are buying anything, whether it be a house, yeah. whether it be mortgage, you know, whatever, you're really not there to, I don't know, really sell them. You're just there to listen and understand the person at the end of the day. I love it. I do love it. Uh, it makes me miss sales even more. Come on, man. I'm going to end up booking my ticket to Fargo tonight. 
So, so one thing I want to talk about this kind of total shift, total shift here. We're going to totally shift, you know, in the industry, we catch, we catch on this every episode on the show. We talk about funding. There's a ton of funding right now in prop tech and real estate tech, you know, vision two is around, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, fifth wall just raised a bunch of money again on another fund, I think. Um, and I think there's still a high level of interest of who's going to like in all the different facets of real estate, right? Who, you know, who can build their business as fast as possible. So it's defendable for the next 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. and leveraging tech so they can be ahead of the curve. Um, though a few questions here, have you guys raised any money, how much, and if you can talk about that and share a little bit. And then also the follow-up to that is why do you think right now there's so much money coming into, uh, real estate, uh, to fund tech that, you know, the, the tech angle of real estate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've, we have raised uh, a seed round of, of 800 K. Um, that goes a long way in the Midwest, uh, compared to other places. So <laughs> we haven't, uh, needed to raise, raise more to date and we're kind of, uh, happy in that position and trying to figure out obviously what's, what's next for us. Um, yeah. making sure that I think that one thing that we're constantly thinking of is, um, you know, from an AI company, you could sit there and go raise a, month, a bunch of money and build some really cool stuff. But we really wanted to build a sustainable company. And, you know, what I mean by that is not having to hire a team of 20 new call center reps to go get this new deal, which would have probably required more funding. We wanted yeah. to prove that our business was sustainable in that way because a lot of people have tried to solve the call center problem. Mm-hmm. and failed because they didn't build a sustainable business model. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was because of that, that, that high overhead cost of hiring a call center rep or lots of call center reps. So that's kind of one, uh, one unique position that we decided we really wanted to, to, to prove out when we started the company, when we raised our initial round of funding. Um, and I think we've been really successful in that so far. Um, but then to answer your question as to why, why there is so much money in real estate tech now. I think I think a lot of people are seeing an opportunity where brokerages are missing out. And a lot of it is kind of what I mentioned earlier is tech. And, you know, you could argue that some of these big brokerages raising a lot of money, not going to name names, don't really have a lot of tech, uh, or at least not yet. But that doesn't really you matter. Trying to say they just went out and bought it? <laughs> no, not at all. But it, it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. You know, they, they have built uh, culture as a defense, which is really interesting uh, to me. Um, and then they're trying to layer in the tech later to, to get people to stay. So that's kind of what I was mentioning earlier is culture gets people in the door, gets teams in the door, and teams are kind of the, the new thing. Uh, those are, that's kind of the model that these massive tech-enabled brokerages are, are, writing, um, are writing on. And culture gets the people in the door for those teams and then tech keeps them around and gets them to stay. So I think that's kind of the, the, uh, the VC pitch that potentially these companies are, are, are going out and pitching. Got it. Got it. Well, very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, it's always fascinating to hear what uh, companies are doing, uh, especially when it comes to fundraising and it, I think it's just some evidence. You don't have to go out and raise 5 million. And you know, the purpose of companies doesn't have to be for raising money. It can actually mm-hmm. be for the purpose of solving problems. Yes. 
you know, you, you know, make a little bit of money on the side while you do it, but, uh, yep. you know, it doesn't have to be just about the, the raising of money. And it's refreshing to hear that. And obviously, you know, office space in the middle of Iowa, you guys are just in a barn, right? You're like upstairs. It's actually funny because right after this podcast, I'm going to move to our new office, like literally right, right away, right after yeah. this. And it's a really cool office. Is it a uh, barn? It's not a barn at all. It's a barn. <laughs> no, not a barn. But I will say our first office was surrounded by corn on all, all four sides, technically. We, it was an island. We you were just out before there. Before it got dark, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh we're kind of happy to be out of the cornfield but uh yeah it's yeah. it's definitely a lot cheaper than the than the coast to get off of space i bet i bet all right well we're gonna jump into my favorite segment of the show this is called for the future uh for the future is where i get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions nate are you ready to play i am fire all right. away this is what this is. It's going to be easy. No, no problem. You got this. All right. Question number one, what does structurally look like one year from now? Yeah. So, uh, one thing I'm super excited about that we're releasing is script customization. Didn't get a touch on it too much, but it basically allows agents, team leaders, and ISAs to customize every message sent in whatever way they want. I think that will allow us to get into <clears throat> new markets like mortgage. Um, which is really interesting to us because they can customize these conversations to reply to mortgage leads, uh, potentially insurance, rental, uh, property management. There's a lot of opportunities to help you know, augment the role of a call center rep or augment the role of any salesperson that uh, is, is uh, untapped for structurally today. That's very cool. All right, question number two, what will the housing market look like one year from now? Wow. That, that's, a, that's a really unique question. I've never bought a house ever. So I <laughs> kind of have purposely stayed away from like, I don't know what's going on here. I don't really care. I'm going to keep my head down and just keep renting. So I think from what we see through our conversations, people are picking up on some senses that it could crash. I don't, I'm not an expert in this at all. I'm just yeah. listening to what some of our consumers who are buying houses are saying. And we see a lot more recently this summer, even people saying, you know what, I'm just going to wait for it to crash. So I don't know what that means, but from what we can see from our leads, some people think that it might crash. All right. That is one take. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if that's right or not. And probably proportionally. This is why I bring smart people on the show. I want you guys uh, to look in your crystal balls and then I, I kind of take like a few answers and start forming opinions. <laughs> I think proportionally, if we were to look at our data, because we, we tag those messages like waiting on market. Oh, interesting, okay. It would be a very small amount of people saying I'm waiting on it for it to crash. But those people that are waiting on it are super opinionated that it's going to crash. I would be very interested. And I don't know how you could package this or publish it, but I would be interested in uh, what, what, what your buyer's uh, sentiment is for the last three months. Like what your data, hmm. what, what your data would suggest the sentiment is, you know, right. of like, I, I, I can't wait to buy tomorrow. I think I'm going to sit on the sidelines and I'm pretty sure it's going to crash. Like, that would I'd be, be interesting. curious what that breakdown would look like based on the, the discussions you're ha having in AI. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways we could kind of slice and dice that. 
Yeah. I'd have to follow up with you on that. <laughs> All right. Cool. Question, question number three here. What's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Who? Wow. That's a, that's a interesting one too. Um, in the real estate industry specifically. Well, yeah, or just, okay. <laughs> um, I, I have a personal vendetta against the word chatbot. Like I've told you, I, I think that's a little detrimental to me. You know, we're a lot of people think of us as a chatbot company and I'm like, please don't call us that. We're better than that. Um, so I, I just personally wish that that word would go away. I don't, I wish these, you know, these other chatbot companies would, uh, would beef up their product a little bit. That might mean more competition for us. But I think at the end of the day, um, it's doing a disservice to consumers, to, to people looking to buy a house to have to go through this terrible question and answer sequence that's not helping them feel heard and understood um, just at the end of the day to sell more stuff to, to agents. I think that that chatbot trend needs to, to go away. Yeah, yeah. All right. And last but not least on for the future here, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? I think, like I mentioned earlier, the, the drudgery of following up with leads, of following up with mm. mundane tasks that bog down everyone, not just ISAs, not just agents or brokers. Everyone has those terrible mundane tasks that they do every day. And yep. like I said earlier, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for AI and just generally technology. You know, think about Avail's product. All of your landlords are, they have lives. They're not, you know, I, I don't know a ton about your customers, but a lot of them are not institutional investors. They That's have correct. other yep. jobs, they have other things to do, and they are liberated and freed by your product to live their lives, have other jobs. Yep. And their your tech is just there running in the background to help them do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally one of the personas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're And you're here on a podcast right now, not helping someone uh, fix their refrigerator or oh, whatever. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah, I'm glad not to have to handle that anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, well, cool. Let's, let's shift in here to the last three, uh, Nate, these are questions more about you. So listeners get to better know you. So, uh, the first one is what are you reading? Yeah. So I, I mentioned this on another podcast recently. I do not like to read business books at all. I have serious FOMO <laughs> when I read them in that I want to highlight the whole page. And then I just sit there and highlight the whole book. And I'm like, I didn't learn anything. This was too stressful. Uh, so I, I, I'm not reading any business books right now, but I will say the one I'm really excited about and am going to read is um, it's called Playing for the Person Next to You, or, or I think that's what it's called, but it's by um, Hatch uh, Coaching, the, men the, the oh, okay. ISA coaching that I, company that I mentioned earlier, uh, yeah. Eric Hatch who leads that company and leads the, the Hatch Realty Brokerage is writing a book about management and playing for the person next to you, leading for the person next to you. And that's something that I love. I, I have had to learn from a management style is I will get there. I will get in there and do the dirty work for the person next to me. And so I'm really excited to, to read that book and learn how I can become a better management kind of with that, uh, with that style. That's very cool. 
Uh, if I can make a recommendation, I, I've been, ch- so I understand the, the fear of missing out by not highlighting the whole book, but <laughs> uh, I think you would enjoy a book by Roger Dooley called Friction. I, I've recently heard a few people talk about that. Yeah, it's going to catch on, uh, I think, slowly. It, it'll never be New York Times bestseller, but it, it maybe, maybe one day it'll go, go there. But uh, uh, just I can't recommend it enough. Amazing book. So, okay. Uh, awesome. All right, question number two. All about you, man. Uh, who are you learning from? Who am I learning from? I, I'm going to be a broken record here, but it's the Hatch Guys. I, I don't mean to plug them as much as I am, but uh, they are fellow Midwesterners, like I mentioned, and yeah. they are fantastic leaders, not yeah. just for how to coach ISA teams or teams, uh, real estate teams for business in general. If you follow Eric Hatch or Robbie Trefethren, the content they're putting out regularly is phenomenal for learning how to lead. And you know, this is my first startup. This is my first company. So I've never had to manage anyone. I've never had a real job before this. I came straight from college. So learning how to learn beside the people that I'm managing and work beside them has been really hard, really fun, really interesting. But I think you need people like Eric and people who've been there to tell you more or less how to do it and how to do it the right way or else you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. That's so good. All right. Last one here. What inspires you? Huh? Uh, I think, I think freedom does. That's a really cliche term. Um, but it's, it's something that our product helps our users do is, is find freedom in their day. They don't have to work on the weekends. They don't have to work overnight, which are huge hot times for following up with leads. Um, so the freedom to do things that you want is inspiring to me. And obviously, you know, at some point in my life, the, the freedom to do financially what I want could be, could be fun too. Uh, but that's not what I'm, what I'm interested in right now. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's the, the freedom to really work on what you want is what excites me. I love to work on product things. Um, and there's a lot of parts of the business that I run now that I don't like to work on. So building a team around me to help with that uh, is something that inspires me. Well, that's very cool. Nate, it has been uh, an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, I love having another Nate on the show. Uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. You're, you're, put, you're, you're planting the flag of AI in the great state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. Good on you guys for, for bringing the North or the Midwest up, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to give you the last word here. So uh, before we go, you know, if people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about Structurally, where do they go and how can they do that? Yeah. So it's just uh, our website is Structurally, uh, structureoy.com. Kind of a hard word to spell, I know. Uh, but uh you can find out uh, a lot about our product there. And, you know, I think, I think my last word is, you know, I hope that we're not only raising the bar in for AI in the Midwest, although I, I love Iowa. I never want to leave. I love the Midwest. I hope we're raising the bar for AI in real estate. And yeah. I think there, there needs to be that company that does that because there, there was way too much hype in the, in the industry that uh, I hope has fizzled out now. And I hope has left, uh, left room for, for, you know, the right companies to, to push AI forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I think that's, I think it's worth it. And uh, it's going to push a lot of things forward as you guys are already proving integrating with other products and, and services. So uh, I'm going to be rooting for you guys. Uh, stoked on it. Keep me posted um, on, on your success. Uh, I'm sure I'll see you around the internet. Uh, if I don't see you in Fargo, <laughs> exactly. We're, uh, or just anywhere in the Midwest. There we go, know? man. Come on up to Chicago. Let's make it happen. <laughs> yep. Okay. We'll appreciate it. Uh, we'll catch you later. All right. Thanks, Nate. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list. You never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.